Hello friends, Steve Cross here introducing the second episode of Squishy Goblins, my special Dungeons and Dragons homebrew version, which allows me as Dungeon Master to just inflict incredible amounts of ultraviolence on our players, Sam, Faz and Katerina. Um, our players, let's not forget, they've got to go and destroy science. They've just been fully equipped by the powerful wizard who's going to help them, and they've chosen to attack the world of science from the air. Squishy Goblins. Okay, he says, it sounds like we're all prepared. Uh, it's important to us that this happens quickly and that science is rid from the world. He snaps his fingers. As you know, the anti-magic field uh, of the science extends a thousand feet. So you are 1,001 feet in the air above a peninsula. Um, Sam, you are surrounded by 60 bags of rocks. Your goblin arms are so short you can't reach any of them. But you will all be falling together and it will be beautiful. Faz, you are surrounded by 60 bags of rocks. The bags are on fire. Obviously, the rocks aren't. The fires go out immediately because there's massive amounts of air rushing past them. You also have a parachute strapped to your back. Feel free to pull the cord at any time. Katerina, you have also appeared in the air with four bags of rocks around you. You can't reach them. And in fact, they're just clashing into Sam's bags of rocks and Faz's bags of rocks. And essentially what is going down is a sphere of rocks with the three of you somewhere in the middle of it. Unless Faz pulls I mean, his parachute. I'm you look down through all of the rocks... <laughs> you can see a small peninsula. You can see the sea wrapping around a long, thin area of land. There appears to be a built-up area in the middle of Sam's face. <laughs> and um, below that, a beach. And above it, small woods. And you are heading down towards the small woods at great speed. Would anyone like to do anything? I'd like to grab somebody quickly. Uh, uh, I'd grab... I would oh, like... Oh, grab three guys. Okay, yes. I'm going to need an acrobatics check from both of you, because the only way you're going to do that is by tilting your bodies such that the air catches you and brings you closer together. So I want acrobatics checks, and this is... Uh, it is DC 15 for Faz and DC 10 for whoever Faz is grabbing. Fucking rolled a nat one. I rolled a you 20. Rolled a nat one. Right. This is absolutely perfect then. Faz, you reach out for Sam's his name, I've forgotten. You grasp both of his shoulders perfectly. Unfortunately, you grasp the shoulders of his clothes perfectly and he drops straight out from in between them. I crave the sweet release of death! <laughs> yeah, presumably you pull your parachute. Yep, time. yep. Like you are to, now perfectly um... holding Snigar's shirt... Your parachute is up and you are gently descending towards the woods. Beneath you are a lot of rocks and two goblins hurtling downwards. One of the goblins has no top on and is now freezing cold. It's a lady goblin as well, Stephen. It's very rude of you. Top off is top off, Sam. I'm not I would Facebook. like to cast Bardic Inspiration. Yes, okay. I'm in for this. What does it do? Well, at this point, this happened on Yorick. I just give him a one... I think it's a 1d6. They can roll... 
to the add to the rules and I'm gonna scream I'm gonna leave forever and then smash into the ground great Faz you can use 1d6 to add to anything but not the thing that you just tried to do you yeah. can only add it things from now on uh, okay thanks the round ends uh, <laughs> we're still falling Faz you're about 800 foot up um, the other two of you are now 500 foot up and going extremely quickly with an awful lot of rocks. Sam, you've got no shirt. Katerina, you uh, have used your bardic inspiration. Um, would anyone like to do anything? I'd like to try and throw the clothes to somebody so they use it as a makeshift parachute, I guess, acrobatics. Uh, you're falling yeah. at terminal velocity and so you're going to throw the shirt <laughs> downwards. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. Actually, it's going to come... <laughs> no, I want to hear you do it. Yeah, okay, right. Describe to me what happens. Describe uh, to me what happens uh, as you try shirt. and throw somebody's shirt downwards. Wind buffeting my face. The shirt clothes smelly. Just like going... I try to pull it up and I, I I, pull my hand back and I'm like... And I throw it. And it hits me okay. right back in the face. Roll me a d20. Roll me a d20. I got a 16. That's fine. It's not a one. On a one, it was going to take your parachute out. Right, the other two um, of you, you're falling at an incredible <laughs> speed with no top on one of you, surrounded by rocks. Do you want to do anything? Um, it, is there anything below us? I would like to get as near as possible to grab one of the bags with the rocks. Yeah. Give me an acrobatics check to be able to move over to get the rocks. Uh, it's not enough, I'm afraid. It was 15 to get to something and grab it. So you you kind of tilt your body and you move a little bit. But you don't get far enough to the rocks. Sam, do you want to do anything this round? Yeah, just is, is there anything? Can we see anything below us except for the woods? No, you're heading down towards the woods. Uh, south of the woods, there is a built-up area. Uh, it has a number of kind of large buildings made from logs. You can't grab a lot of detail because there's a lot of rocks in the way and you're falling at terminal velocity and you have nothing over your eyes. So it really hurts when you try and look down. So you can see that there are a few large kind of log-built buildings. Some of them, like, they're really big. They are some of the buildings, biggest buildings you've ever seen. And um, no, beneath you is some lovely, lovely, just... Um, oak and ash woodland i've got a longbow i'd like to try and knock an arrow and fire it at those houses just to let them know that the, the raiding party is incoming okay good 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 well uh roll me an attack roll to shoot through <laughs> all of the falling rocks you think your bloody arrows the millennium falcon don't you yeah this is a 17 Plus no, five. You hit a rock. 22. Oh, plus five, you get through all the rocks. Your uh, arrow goes through all of the rocks and you see it disappear into the distance. Uh, it's only falling the same speed as you, so it will hit the building at the same time you hit the ground. So you don't <laughs> see it actually hit, but you have, you have launched it the correct direction and it will pointlessly jab into the roof of a giant building at the same moment that you hit the ground. Faz! Beneath you, you can hear screaming goblins. You see an arrow fly out of the middle of this giant set of stones. You are gently drifting down towards okay. the woods. Do you want to do anything? Yeah, I'd like to cast less on the two goblins who are falling. So, yes. Uh, that means that they uh, uh, they can take a d4 away from an attack, a, attack roll or add it to a saving throw, I think. Um, Brilliant. That's a really good idea. The only problem is that the other side effect that the guy forgot to tell you is that every time you come back to life, you have a random curse applied to you from my cursed table. And Faz, yours is genuinely this. <laughs> Any spell you cast is fireball, but you don't know this. <laughs> 
<laughs> I did randomise them. We're working through the list in order. Faz killed himself on the boat, gave himself a curse. Like, you didn't get cursed for the first fall. It's everyone after that. You get a different curse. And Faz's is any spell you cast is fireball, but you don't know this. So uh, let me double check the mechanics of fireball. It's going to kill it's 46 in an area of like 10 feet. Okay. okay. Oh. Sphere centered on that point must make a dexterity saving throw. Great. So let's um let's have dex saving throws from each of the two goblins who are in the middle of the rocks. Uh, cover and things like that um, are no good. The fire spreads. Natural 20! And that's your deck saving throw. Oh, no. Brilliant. Okay, you're, you're only taking half 8d6 damage. <laughs> are, are we blessed? Plus five. So Sam, has, the, has the bless worked? Or, or is this that the bless isn't happening and it's just a fireball? There's no bless. Any spell he casts until he dies again is fireball. It's a, it's a three plus three. So that's All a right, six. okay, good. Sam, I'm just going to quickly roll how much damage you take. Ooh, um, fingers. So, Sam, you took 32 damage. Uh, Katerina, you took <laughs> 17 damage. You both are instantly burned to death. There is darkness. There is peace. You snap awake, having forgotten everything that's happened so far. You are falling at terminal velocity, surrounded by 64 bags of rocks towards a woodland that you have never seen. You hit the ground. <coughs> Ground, you take 20 d6 damage. <laughs> For goodness sake. Uh, Sam, you take 67 damage. <laughs> Katerina, you take 70 damage. You both die. There is darkness. There is peace. These curses don't stack, right? Like you get a new one every no, time you die. No, they don't stack. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, you come back to life. Question. Do all the bardic inspiration and spells reset? Everything resets. So you get all your spell slots back. You have full HP, but your XP yes. also resets to zero. You are cursed to be level one forever. It's part of the joy of it. Wrong class. Oh, God. <laughs> you never get to cast spells. <laughs> I never get to do... Anything, Steve. <laughs> well, that's the problem. You see, when you're pulled out of your own dimension and forced to work by the rules of th this dimension. Um, good, right. So, Faz, can I describe to you what you see? Okay, yes, please. Um... A ball of flame erupts at the centre of the, all of these rocks. You hear screams, burning and death. Then you hear two voices go, What? All the rocks then smash into the ground with the two bodies. You hear screaming, crunching, and death. There is then, from beneath you, a series of very large explosions. So now, Faz, you are gently drifting towards uh, wood, most of which is on fire. Okay. This is the, the stealth entrance has gone, by the way, friends. You've just dropped 64 bags of rocks on the minefield. Um, I, put, I put a minefield wood in, specially for the ranger to be able to help you explore through using his ranger skills. 
you dropped 64 bags of rocks on it. So uh, there is a lot of there is a lot of exploding going on. Uh, so Faz, you're drifting down towards a wood that is uh, it's on fire. I mean, there's patches that aren't on fire. So a base, it won't take much of a dex roll to get you into a patch that isn't on fire. Um, the two of you, you wake up. Not knowing how many times you've burned to death in the wood, uh, which it's been a few. Let's be honest. You've burned, but now you know. Each of you wake up. You're in a small area where nothing is on fire. There is fire around you that is slowly dissipating. Um, if you look up, you can see a single goblin with a parachute floating down towards you. You can't remember how you got here. You have no knowledge of how you got here. The only information you have is what's written on your hands. And Faz is now within shouting distance of the two of you. I, I so can Faz explain shouts, everything. We are here, and I use a bonus action to explain the mission, but I leave out the bit where I nuke them. Vox, <laughs> um, <laughs> why are there so many rocks? That was there are a lot of rocks. It looks like it looks like the best description I could come up with is that somebody tried to build a thousand Zen gardens and the burning of the oil fields in Iraq at the end of the first Gulf War at the same time, but in slightly smaller scale. There are rocks everywhere. Everywhere that isn't a rock is on fire. Everywhere that is a rock is not on fire because it's got a rock on top of it. This is part of the evils of science. The, we've infiltrated their Zen garden of oil destruction. Wow. Just wow. How could one person be this evil and invent science like this? Do this Just kind of mind boggles, honestly. Faz, what's your character wearing? Can these see up your kilt slash... Loincloth, or are they... You know, I like to say I'm wearing a nice three-piece suit. Okay, good. So they don't have to do wisdom saving throws to retain their sanity. Perfect. Right, Faz, <laughs> you... Um, I'm assuming you just fell straight down into the gap where your friends are rather than trying to parachute anywhere. You've got about 60 feet left to fall. Um, you can see, Faz, that there's fire all around your friends. There's about 30 feet from them to the edge of the fire and then there's these large log buildings one of which has an arrow stuck in the top of it and um, behind them there's about a hundred feet of fire leading off to a trail <laughs> you can also hear Faz just over the top of the noise of the fire you can hear a hubbub of human voices mainly shouting what the fuck was that I guess I'm going to <laughs> sail towards my goblin friends I Yep. So you, you land. Um, do you want to do me a quick dex roll? 13. Ah, oh, perfect. Okay. You land perfectly fine. Uh, drop your parachute. You're in a small clearing in the middle of the fire, surrounded by your two friends. The fire looks like it's starting to go out, you know. It was triggered by explosions. There's not a lot of fuel for it. A lot of stuff has burned up very quickly. There are a lot of blackened tree stumps around you. So uh, you will be able to get through the fire and out. If you go the short way, if you go the long way uh, back to the road, it will take you a bit longer and be a bit more hazardous, but you won't burn up too badly. You land next to your friends, Faz. Um, you've shouted the mission down to them. So we can assume now that Cat and Sam's characters know what's going on, where they are, that they were transported from another dimension, of which there are an infinite number, that in this realm they have the powers of eternal life, and that they've got a mission to destroy science. 
and there we go. You're all in the middle of this thing. You can hear a hubbub of humans, and you can now hear uh, clanking and footsteps. You can't see anything yet because there's still too much fire and smoke in front of you. I would like to hide. Okay, where would you like to hide? Your choices are in a fire or between behind the rock. rock. Behind the rock. Okay. Good. You are you are hidden. Wait, I'm I'm sure there are more people here. Um, anyway, tree guns. Let's let's get the hell out of here. Uh, yes, that sounds like a wonderful idea. <laughs> I just like to ask: Do the footsteps sound heavier than those that would be made by someone under the height of four feet? Yes. I feel incredibly. You can angry. hear footsteps crunching through gravel. Okay. <laughs> gravel. Have some of the rocks fragmented? Um, Yorick, I'm thinking um, it might be a good idea if we don't go near where they are, um, because. I have clearly died a few times, and I'm not that keen on it, honestly. Ah. Um, This is a prospect, so I think hide would be a good idea. Just say. All right, yeah, we'll we'll hide. Let's let's find somewhere to hide. Should we hide in the fire? Yeah, good idea. Uh, We'll we'll find a rock. Yes. (laughs) Find a big rock, please, Steve. So, mechanically, you've dropped enough rocks on a small space and there have been enough explosions that there are, you know, there's not, like, giant boulders that have fallen, but there's generally enough rocks around that if you pull a few together, you can kind of lie prone behind a set of rocks and just about hide. You won't really be able to see much around them. Um, You might be able to peek through the middle, depending on how you do it. But mechanically, there's enough rocks around that you can do full-cover goblin hiding. Full-cover hide. Knock an arrow, please. Yeah, same. Okay. Loic, the element of surprise is key to goblin success. It's what yeah. my parents probably told me, but I can't remember because I've got amnesia. Yeah, I'm going to prepare a sacred flame. Okay, you're all hiding. You hear footsteps getting closer and closer, and then you hear uh, human voices talking to each other. Oh, fucking hell. What the fuck was... What has happened here? I told you we shouldn't have set a minefield. Problem with a minefield is you don't put it near your buildings. Because if you set the minefield near your buildings, the mines... Listen, mines are very new. Like, mines are very new. We only developed them last week. Don't act like you're an expert on mines and you've set minefields before. (laughs) I did actually come up with the word minefield, though. So I feel I do have a sort of deeper intellectual connection <laughs> to the concept of a minefield. Well, all right, don't get all that about it. The thing is, something has set off the minefield, and when I say something, I mean all these rocks. These rocks weren't here. No, it was just trees here before. Right, so the trees... There aren't any trees here now. No, there's a lot of burned <laughs> trees and a lot of broken trees because rocks have fallen on them. So what? what do you think happened? Why... Well, I don't know. We only invented minefields last week. I didn't realise that a side effect of a minefield is that rocks magically drop from the sky and destroy your... Do you think it was magic? I think it was magic. Can I jump up above the rock and, like, knock my arrow up? Just shoot it at one of them. I fucking hate humans! Sam, you jump up. Uh, You can see three humans. (laughs) They're wearing chain shirts. They're carrying pikes. They, you know, if you uh, if you had to guess, you'd say these are guards. They're the kind of people that, you know, cheap, cheap high fantasy security guards. Faz, 
I jump out and go, don't worry, I can de-escalate the situation. I tell wait, them... wait, wait, Sam's, Sam's already jumped out, so you're about to go into initiative order, but Sam gets a free thing first. Okay. So, Sam, you fire an arrow, do you? Yep. Right, fire away. Which of the three ones would you like to go for? One, two, or three? Three is, hasn't said much. Whoever's, like, not... Whoever's doing the least looking towards me, I want element of surprise. Well, um, there, are two, there are two who are arguing greatly about whether this is a built-in feature of minefields, because minefields are very new and they hadn't realised that <laughs> if you one. lay a load of gunpowder with triggers, what happens is that it causes magical rocks to appear a thousand feet above you. And one okay. of them is saying that this is a thing that somebody's done on purpose. So, third one, I want them to think that uh, actually another inbuilt feature of laying mines with triggers is that spontaneously arrows appear. Uh, it was a, a yeah, spontaneously generates five. goblins. So you come out of height. Sorry, that was thirteen point five. Right. Uh, what what damage does it do? Four plus three, seven. Okay, brilliant. Uh, you notch an arrow. One pikeman um, it hits him and it, it fucks him up pretty bad. He's not dead. But he's extremely unhappy as your arrow sticks right into the back of his neck. He falls to his knees for a moment, reaches around. It's like, there's an arrow in my neck. And everybody goes into initiative order. Would you like to roll initiative for me, please? Eight plus three, eleven. Eighteen. Seven. So the order is uh, Cat, Sam, then the pikeman, then Faz. Sorry, Faz. Mm. They did roll badly, but they get plus three um, on the random NPC generator that I just created them on. Because the problem with a largely improvised game is you've got no, you need a thing to make you. So you're fighting three random level one pikemen. Um, Cat, you're first. There are three pikemen standing in front of you. You're currently in hiding. You can pop out, obviously, using your good old nimble escape goblin feature. You can pop out. Um, what would you like to do? Um, how far are they? How I mean, far are they? They are um, quick maths. They're only about 10 feet away from you. They're pretty close. You have hidden so well that they are barely any distance from you. you... Okay, okay. I'll pop out. I'll cast Touch the Sidious Laughter on one of them. Amazing. Not the one with the ha- arrow in the neck, another one. Okay. And I'm going to say, What do you call a goblin specializing in go- blood magic? A hemogoblin! Yeah, that would only cause hideous laughter, wouldn't it? And they need to do a wisdom saving throw. Great. What's your uh, spell? A 12. Let's see how they do. So they got a 2. One of the other two pikemen, <clears throat> the following happens. Um, they say, Rocks falling from the... Rocks from this It's ridiculous It's absolutely How can And they fall to the ground Laughing and laughing You've got an arrow In your neck as well <laughs> So now what you can see Is one uh, human uh, Holding a pike Is now lying on the floor He's dropped his pike He's rolling on the floor And uh, is falling around And um, yeah That's what is happening One's got an arrow in his neck And he's looking at his friend And he's still thinking about Pulling the arrow out And one other is looking at the two of them Like what is going on? And bonus action Nimble escape I hide in another place Yeah so you run You run out of the vision Of the one pikeman Who's actually looking around And you re-hide behind some other rocks That's absolutely fine Sam what do you want to do? So can I check changing weapons mid combat? Are you going to take that as an action, or can I just do it? No, that's so pedantic just... bullshit. I want to play do. it like a computer game, you know. Perfect. So I'm I'm gonna 
enter the pause screen, switch over to my short sword. I'm going to draw both of my short swords, and I'm going to start running towards them. But I want to throw both of my short swords at them. So you're going to run at, and are you going to throw them both at the pikeman who's laughing, the one with an arrow in his neck, or the other one? The one who's who's laughing. The one who's laughing on the ground. Uh, yeah, because I don't appreciate his condescension. Because I believe and I know he's laughing because we're so fucking small. That's what right. this comes down to. It's it's elitist bullshit. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So uh, I need to find your character's uh, character sheet. Your short sword thrown. How do you have a plus five to hit with your short sword thrown? That's incredible. This is uh, such a dangerous right. You throw both. So give me two attack rolls. Uh, That's a an eighteen and a uh, seven. Okay, but give me another roll on the seven. You got advantage on these attacks because he's rolling on the ground, rather than actually trying to do any useful. So one is going to hit. Eighteen and eleven. So. Uh, Eleven. Yeah. Plus five. Or is that nah, with the plus five in? Plus five, so. Okay, so one of them hits. Give me a d6 roll. That's a two plus three, five. Right, so he takes five damage. So he's now <laughs> rolling around on the ground, laughing with a sword sticking into him. I don't appreciate Sorry, your fucking that... condescension! Okay, so he... He gets to make a wisdom saving throw. He does throw get now. to make another wisdom to saving throw laughing. to stop laughing. Yeah, he makes it this time. So he does stop. You know, the, the intense pain of a short sword flying <laughs> and sticking into him. So this snaps him out of the laughter and he goes, wait a second, this all doesn't seem that funny anymore. Sam, there is a short sword sticking in him. There's a short sword lying next to him on the floor, sticking into the ground. His friend has an arrow sticking in his neck. Um, it's now the three pikemen's go. Uh, I, so I'm, I'm not going to nimble escape, but I want to use the rest of my movement because I'm ten feet away from him. I want to pick up the sword that's on the floor. I assume getting the one out of him is a bit more difficult. The remaining pikeman who's not injured takes his pike and uh, Sam, he steps towards you and stabs his pike towards you. Uh, what's your AC? 14. 11 plus 6. What? Yeah, he has plus six to hit. Listen, Mr. Plus five to hit level one goblin. He's got plus six to hit with his pike. He's got 18 strength. He was randomly generated. So um, he does... Oh, dear, not going to like that. He does you 11 damage. Okay. Still hanging in, but... You're still Good lad. Um, The second pikeman who is lying on the ground with a sword sticking out of him, he is going to get up and look around, and um, the other two goblins are in hiding, Sam. So he's going to attack you exactly where this with is a going. spike. No, I mean, your friends have very cleverly hidden, so let's roll a d20. He's got six plus six. Has he hit you? No, he hasn't. Your AC is such that you dodge away from him. The third pikeman, with an arrow sticking out of his neck, looks around can only see one goblin and attempts to hit you with his pike. He has plus six to hit. Let's see how he does. Uh, He's got 14 plus six. (laughs) So you're uh, dead. Are we doing death saves or is that just like... (laughs) No, you're dead. You are very dead. There is darkness and there is peace. 
So the other two of you, here's what you see, just for a moment. There's still a pikeman standing with an arrow in his neck. On the end of his pike is a dead goblin. The goblin drops off the end of his pike. There's a, a pikeman getting up off the floor with a sword stabbed into him. And there's a third pikeman. This is what they're saying. They're like, right, we know there's another one of them around here somewhere, isn't there? There's one of them around here somewhere. Um... Faz, it's your go. Yeah, I step out and I go, yeah, you're damn right what? there's someone. And I use, and I look at them and I say, use the spell command and say, grovel. Which one of the three of them are you talking to? The one who looks like the least injured. You cast a fireball. <laughs> so you try to catch that on him, each creature within a 20 foot radius sphere. So that's the radius is 20, so the diameter. Let's make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. So can we have a set of dex saving throws? And we'll see what happens. So, um, friends, a giant fireball explodes. The good news is Cat is entirely behind some rocks. You know, the fire will move around corners, it says, for fireball, but still, it's going to reduce its... It's damaged quite a lot to have an entire wall of rocks. Between you and it, a guy with an arrow in his neck has failed. A guy with a sword in his body has failed. The guy who's got no problems has succeeded. The guy with an arrow in him is completely immolated. There's just a pile of ash where he used to be. The guy with a sword in him is completely immolated. There is only a pile of ash where he used to be. The guy who is absolutely fine takes 4d6 damage. That is 22. He has 8 hit points. Uh, he is completely immolated. There is nothing left where he used to be. Sam, you are directly in the face of this. He's <laughs> coming back to life. You snap awake, Sam. You come back to life. You remember nothing. You immediately have to take a uh, dodge, a fireball that's going on. <laughs> Saving throw. You're with a DC of 12. Yeah, it's, it's a one. It's a one. Okay. So you <laughs> fail your dex saving throw. You take 8d6 eight, eight damage. Plus, because you rolled a one, I'm giving you an arbitrary extra 4d6 damage for your saving throw. So let's give you 12d6 damage. That is 46 damage. Sam, you snap awake. You are immediately hit in the face by the full force of a fireball, which does you so much damage that you are immediately killed. There is darkness. Fuck, it's coming on! Baz, Rolled you're in range of... You rolled a... Eight. You've taken 32 damage. Cat, can you roll again? You've got advantage because you're behind some rocks. 16. 16, right, good. Katarina, can you roll 4d6 for me? 14, I'm dead. <laughs> no, you're not dead, you're, because we're halving that because you're behind rocks. So you've taken seven damage. Fire washes oh, over yeah. you. You are deeply charbroiled, but you're not dead. Faz, you're dead. There is darkness, there is peace. Sam, you snapped awake. You were immediately killed again. There is darkness, there is peace. Faz, at least you're... <laughs> curse has left you let me update everybody's curses just to remind you where you are you're in the middle of some very burned woods there are corpses of three dead humans with pikes there are two dead goblins who snap back to life katarina your character is the only person who knows what's going on yeah when we... i'm gonna tell them listen we have to kill a mr science he's evil and he doesn't like goblins if we kill him, we can live forever. 
Nice. That's a good summary of the mission. Turns out, Mr. Science is weak to Mr. Science. So if we use Mr. Science to kill Mr. Science, we live. I detect that you seem slightly injured, my my son. Uh, I'd like to cast uh, touch and cast cure wounds on um, Miko. Take uh, eight healing points. Who's your god, by the way, Faz? My god is Cedric the Doorman. He who lets you in or out of the the gates of of paradise. Sounds nice. Pity you'll never meet him now that you have eternal life. (laughs) Mechanically, there are ways you can be killed. Power word kill will kill you properly. At the edge of the wood, there's a small path. On the other side of the path, um, there are three buildings. One is absolutely huge. One is medium-sized and one is smaller than the other two, but still the size of, you know, a decent-sized family house. They're all constructed from logs. Just to give you modern-day things, the big one is like a warehouse, like a significant warehouse. The medium one is the size of biggish church, like bordering on a cathedral. A small one is the size of a family house. Um, there are those three buildings. There's currently nobody that you can see outside. There were guards... Cat's character remembers who are now dead. There is a fire gently firing around you, but it's much less fiery than it was. Mr. Science did that. He used his evil, his evil friend Gunpowder, and we need to kill him too. So, um, I'd, I'd like to have a look at their bodies if possible, just to see if, you know, I think something that's quite effective It's a goblin. I like a bit of disguise. Might be useful to dress up as some bigger people in order to get closer to this village. I agree, yeah. They're dressed in what would likely be called a uniform. Um, they have chain shirts on. They have a light jacket over the chain shirt. Sorry, I've got three hula hoops in my mouth. They're wearing whatever <laughs> it is that guards would wear. Trousers? I don't know. Just like normal human clothes. There's no, like, giant trench coat that you could stack yourselves underneath <laughs> if that was your plan. No, but three foot two... Average human, five foot nine, five foot ten. Realistically, if I wore just like the the chain shirt they're wearing and their hat and their coat or whatever, and just not the trousers, yep, that would cover me from head to toe. I'd like to yeah. disguise myself in that. Yeah, yeah, you could wear one of their chain shirts as a giant heavy dress. No problem. Nice. You can write down that you've done that. That's absolutely fine. So the two of you now, you can see two, one really oddly dressed goblin, and two of you. The fire is burning around you. What would you like to do? I like what you're wearing. Which designer is it? Oh, um, you wouldn't know them. Does it have, like, the AC of chain armour, or is it just aesthetic? I don't mind either, it's just to note down. The trouble with you wearing it is that it's so heavy compared to you being human chain armour that it adds to your AC, but it also subtracts the same amount from your AC because it reduces your dex. So mechanically, it's 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 neutral. Uh. <laughs> Smart ass. Yeah, you're not getting any less squishy. So the squishiness what? is the fun. Nico, as our leader, can you guide us and see what what action we should take? Sure. And I start walking in a random direction, completely random. Okay. So the cabins okay. are south. You want to roll me a d4? We'll take north as one, and we'll go round. Three. Oh, you're walking south. You're walking towards the three buildings. As you leave the edge of the burning forest, your feet crunch onto gravel. You are directly next to a long wall of the largest of the three buildings. Think warehouse wall. You're standing on a gravel path. It's made of these logs. There's no windows in this wall. Is, uh, is this my favourite terrain? What, a gravel path? Yeah. Your favourite terrain was woodland and you blew it all up. 
<laughs> I put a load in, especially because I was like, I read that his favorite terrain was that, and you blew it all up. Oh well. That was my one concession, having read your character sheets, and you dropped bombs on it. Squishy Goblins was and will be brought to you by me, Steve Cross. Uh, I did all the editing and the production and all that sort of thing. It starred Fazalam and Samakai and Katarina Pache. Um, do join us for more episodes mixed in with all the other stuff that we'll be doing. See you next time. <laughs>